0: Tuning into the PLR Podcast. We are here, kind of live in a turtle shell. It's a beautiful, sunny day in the state of Rhode Island. Um, some people going to beaches, some people doing other things. Our own governor, Big Dan. Big Dan
1: McKee.
0: Thank, you. Thank McKee. Dank um, <laughs> McKee. The big news of today, today's Saturday when we record, is that he signed the uh, Climate action bill which is cool but kind of too little too late a lot of republicans still hate it but anyway if you like what you hear as always uh subscribe to the patreon follow us on twitter follow us on instagram probably instagram is is better uh, there's where we post a lot more useful information as opposed to twitter where i usually just post useless information and hound a lot of rhode island politicians as much as i can um but yeah the the Patreon is the place to be. We have bonus content coming out. Uh we have merch that is eventually going to happen. Uh do and don't hold us to it, but it will come. It will it will be here. Uh so how y'all doing today? This week, this month. Uh
2: I'm th- doing great. I'm still kind of laughing uh about like what was going on on Twitter last night. Between Sam Bell and Scott Zamborano. 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 Yeah. He he had this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say he
0: looks like the Nazi Donald Duck. He's <laughs> got he's got the same like, bill and everything. But yeah,
2: yeah, he he definitely looks like a cop. And um, it was pretty funny. He made a comment to Sam Bell saying some bullshit about how you're not a good repres, uh, not a good representative. And Sam Bell came back at him and said, you're right, I'm not, because he's a senator. Right. And then, <laughs> which is, like, perfect. And then Scott came at him with, like, this, like, epic insult that's hilarious. Uh, Sam, not- how do you look in the mirror every day <laughs> and say, I'm a man? In fact, you have nothing it takes to be a man. By the you way- are a little coward and a crybaby like the you're rest of the coward. Democrats on this Wait. site. <laughs>
3: Is that what men do? You just look at you, you, look at yourselves in the mirror and say, "I'm a man."
0: I mean, that's what I do. Uh, I mean, Scott must do this. That's <laughs> yeah. what you do. He went. He he spent his entire life trying to be a man. It what led him. It's what led him to be a cop. Which, like, he's kind of young, so I'm kind of curious to why he's not a cop anymore. Seems like maybe the job didn't pan out that well for him. So he decided you
3: he got caught being racist.
0: Yeah, mm. or that. Which is very likely. Or he just decided that a politician was the more shitty career path to go down. And he was like, I'm gonna do that. And he failed at that too. But it does say on his website that he's a he's a, he's a small business owner. And uh That's what
3: he calls his penis.
0: That may be <laughs> what he calls his junk. But I uh I tried to look into like what business does he own and I couldn't find it. My guess is probably he's like a contractor or some shit. I don't know. I have no idea. But anyway, I, a related thing is I wanted to say that, uh, cause there's a lot of talk on Twitter lately about like small business people and like looking out for small business owners and shit like that. And Andy and I had this kind of conversation that is uh, just a reminder that small business owners are also still shitheads. They, they aspire to be Jeff Bezos. They just don't have the resources to be Jeff Bezos. So just because it's a small business, don't assume that it's like a benevolent entity that is somehow better. Small business tyrants still exist and to a certain extent, they're kind of worse than the big guys because they're more directly in your face assholes about being late or not doing something properly. Uh, And, And to
2: put that into like different terms, we're talking about worker solidarity and the rights for workers and wages that are appropriate for workers, no matter if you're working at Walmart or the corner store bodega, workers deserve more. They deserve to live a good life. So if you're being exploited by Dunkin' Donuts, or if you're being exploited by a Fortune 500 company, or if you're being exploited by the record store down the street, you still deserve to be treated like a human being. It doesn't matter who's signing your checks. We're all wage workers we're all on the same side, we're all part of the proletariat. So yeah, um, small town cops can be assholes, they are assholes. Uh, state cops, FBI are assholes, just like how small business owners and you know these CEOs, they can all be assholes as well. They're all in the same position.
0: It's kind of disconcerting that an ex cop, somebody who probably is still friends with a lot of people in Providence Police Department can be that much of an asshole to another public servant, which, like, if I were Sam, I'd be kind of nervous to like park my car at like an expired meter or some shit, because like all it takes (laughs) is for this uh, Zamborini guy, Zamborano, just yeah, whatever it is, to like call his buddies and be like, "Yo, track this guy down, just keep an eye out on him," you know? Yeah, this is.
2: Yeah. This is like the uh, the cop to politician pipeline. It's absolutely terrible. It's just like the lawyer to politician pipeline. These people live inside of these structures um, that form our society and subjugate, you know, marginalized people and the working class. Yeah. And they just are constantly getting pushed into these positions of power. And that's why nothing really changes here. Um, and look, look at his fucking response to a nice witty response from Sam bell is that he absolutely loses his fucking hat. And is this the kind of person that you want? um, That's enforcing the laws in the street. Like someone that's this fragile emotionally. Are you surprised at all that people are getting shot, you know, for having a mental health crisis or pulling the wallet out of their back pocket. When you have someone that flies off the handle, that's trying his best to be professional. You know, this is just like situation normal you know for these fucking assholes
0: In a kind of related note i did want to uh so the next guest that we'll have on in two weeks is from cups and i did want to say congratulations to them for um achieving their fundraising goal and i think it said on twitter that in a few days they're gonna actually buy white electric Mm
1: -hmm. yeah
3: they're gonna buy it close it and reopen it as something else
0: yeah. Fuck yeah. So and they're it,
3: hiring too.
0: And they're hiring. So if you want to oh, work shit. at a worker-owned co- coffee cafe, cafe, uh Maybe coffee cafe, then uh hit them up.
2: Yeah, White Electric is awesome. All the workers there are awesome. Um I think everyone that lives in Providence likes to go there. Uh so definitely support them. We need more um, worker-owned uh Businesses and collectives, um, yeah, it's great. It's great to see the community come out and stand by them. Uh, Evan, don't you know some uh, a few people that work there?
3: Yeah, that's why they're coming on the show.
2: Hell yeah, connections.
3: Yeah, I was a I was a major. Uh, regular there before. They have the best vegan cream cheese in town.
0: Will they still have the cream cheese? I that's really a, hope so. That's a I, question when you're done.
3: Yes, remind me to ask that next right.
0: time. Um, A couple other big pieces of news before we get into this uh, topic that Evan's been researching on noise on the noise ordinance. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to just throw out there is uh, uh, Dr. Lewis Daniel. Uh, Munoz has announced that he's running for governor uh, as a Democrat, which last time he ran, he ran as an independent. And this is actually another guy that Scott Zamborano went after last night. He said something like stop. He said something about uh, Munoz pretending to be a doctor or like being a quack doctor or something like that. And I was like, all right, dude, come on. Like on his website on Scott Zamborano's website. It says he has a bachelor in science, which like I'm not shaming anybody with a bachelor's degree. I think it's a huge accomplishment, but like don't insult doctors if you have <laughs> such a vague, vague degree. It just said bachelor of science. That could mean a number of things. He could have gotten his degree in like I don't know, earth science. Who, who wants here. to bet it's criminal justice? It could be. Yeah, that that's an option. That is. That is one one likely route that he went but um, yeah so. Uh, Munoz looks kind of promising, uh, he is up against, of course, Dan McKee, the current governor. Uh, Nelly Gorbea, Seth Magaziner and George Elorza, the current mayor of Providence, so these are the people that. We'll be running for governor and we promise that when Wait, it Laura
3: is running for governor?
0: Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, and we promise that when the moment comes and the race is up, we'll do a bigger dive into these candidates so that you're aware. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, Can I say something
2: real quick about Dan McKee? Yeah, of course. Damn. Um Dang. so Dan McKee. Is trying to do this criminal justice reform that's being supported by Black Lives Matter, of Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and it gives people on parole um, some small advantages to be able to take advantage to take advantage of, so they can be out sooner. And that includes people who are older or people who are disabled um, to meet their parole earlier and to accrue um, days based on certain kinds of work so they can get out earlier. This is good and I can see why Black Lives Matter Rhode Island uh, supports this, but this is just another capitalist method that they can use to make themselves look like they're progressive. They're using progressive policies. It really doesn't change anything that's actually happening as far as the incarceration of the people or even, considering legalization of marijuana, they're not freeing the people that are in jail for marijuana-related charges or anything like that. This is just a give me to the people to make him look um, more digestible to people that want progressive politics. So while this is good, we need to remember that he's not going to go all the way to help the people. He's not going to go all the way to reform uh, reform the police or the prison system. This is just a a breadcrumb that he can throw to people that when it comes to be campaign time, next time, this is going to be a checklist talking point. I did this, I did this, I did this, and it's going to make people's eyes glaze over. And they're going to think that this is acceptable and that's all they need. So just be aware that politicians will, you know, as you probably know, they'll give you half truths and, uh, deals with fingers crossed behind their backs hoping that you buy the bullshit or that you're satiated in what they say but it actually doesn't really do too much yeah but that's it i'm off my fucking soapbox
0: if you if you're interested in uh prison abolition prison questions uh the people that follow right now is dare pvd they today actually saturday uh they have an action going on um and i imagine that throughout the summer and spring, they'll have a lot more. So on Instagram, I would follow dare.pvd for to keep up with that. Um,
3: Yeah, their event today is at the Temple of Music. But they also, every Sunday, um, meet at the DMV in Cranston uh, to do the in-car rally uh, to shut down the the prison.
0: If you're listening dare come on the show. We'd love to have you you. talk to you. Totally. Maybe in May or or June or something. Um, Sunrise also did a uh, had a protest a few days ago um, to try to revive the rescue RI plan from committee. So what happens is usually when these very progressive borderline borderline leftist bills actually do get far through the Rhode Island House of Representatives, certain senators will uh, condemn the bill to committee, which is essentially just saying it's just going to sit in committee and not go anywhere for years until people forget about it and sunrise knows this. And they protested it and they're asking the senators to take it out of committee to actually vote on it, and this is a hugely popular bill Uh, it. Carves uh, space for green zones in Rhode Island, uh, affordable, actually affordable housing, not affordable housing that's offered by private property owners, but actually by the state, and it also paves the way for thousands of green jobs um, in green technologies, green industries. So, you know, this is much better than the climate action that the governor signed today, which is kind of uh, uh, a carrot gesture um and yeah sunrise thanks for doing that action
2: yeah they tried to or Dan McKee tried to actually neuter that climate action bill that just got passed too by making it less uh what is the word um take the fangs
0: out of its bite or something i don't know
2: defang they tried to make yeah they tried to make it so you couldn't sue them if they fell back on their promises um By turning it into a, an aim and an aspiration and not a promise that they can be held accountable to, uh, it kind of gave them a back door or an out so they can sign it, but they don't really have to make it happen. And they said, oh, it'll tie up legislation. It'll tie up what needs to happen. It's just going to make a bureaucratic nightmare. The same thing happened in Massachusetts where the law was passed where you could sue if they didn't do anything about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And there was only one lawsuit put forward. So, so to say that this is a uh, a detail that's going to turn this into a bureaucratic nightmare is complete bullshit, and it's just him trying to find a back door on the good things that he's actually signing.
0: Yeah. The uh, anyway. So, Evan, I have been seeing in various.
3: No, no, no. There's a there's a better way to segue into this.
0: You can segue, segue all you want, but I was just going to say i've seen it a lot but i don't know what it's about
3: what who did you say looked like a nazi donald
1: duck And his bill
3: speaking of bills um
0: <laughs> hello
3: thank you thank you his duck bill thank you speaking of bills um you might have seen on facebook or elsewhere uh this 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 deal this non-profit organization called the providence noise commission or project or something like that um and when i think about providence noise i mostly think about like lightning bolt or like i don't know some dude miking like himself drinking water in a basement or something. Um, and I don't really like all that either. But I mean, lightning bolt is good. But um, what the noise here that some people are trying to get rid of is like very typical like city noise, i.e. horns honking or lawnmowers going or leaf blowers. I'm looking at you,
0: Alex. That was me today. Yo, have you... I So... I know that leaf blowing is not fun for people who have to do it every day, probably. But, but for me, that shit is fun. Like that—that that is that I, I felt like a god blowing those leaves like that. That, that is literally <laughs> that is literally human power over nature. You know, it's, it's crazy. Human power, or is mechanical power. I dream of, uh, I mean, if you follow Twitter you will see all of my references to becoming or wanting to be Megatron. And that was the closest that that I had been to actually achieving Megatron status. Well,
3: Megatron status aside, uh, there are lots of people that would be very frustrated with you uh, for being so, you know, just reckless in your willingness to use a leaf blower in the middle of the day, Um, how dare you? Um, It's called- Fight me, I'm Megatron. It's called noise pollution. And uh, so theoretically there have been studies connecting noise pollution or like saying that noise pollution is as serious, um, a problem as like air pollution. Um, It's like a health crisis and that it's, Worse in poor slash minority neighborhoods in segregated cities, uh, and I just think it's really interesting that they had to quote that or like cite that uh, almost as like a a uh, don't get mad at us, we care about poor people. But like, if you really cared about poor people, is noise for real the thing? Like, why don't we tackle air pollution and the disproportionate? Uh, Cases of things like asthma and cancer and stuff. Or like, let's talk about how 100% like, Places don't have clean water or whatever. Um, not that uh, cars are having uh, no mufflers or whatever. Cars are too loud. You can't honk your horn. Kids screaming in the street. It's all, it's all too much. It's all too much for their delicate little ears.
2: This is definitely a a grumpy boomer movement. Um, Yo,
3: check the, seriously, check the Facebook. It is just some of the most, some of the most quintessential boomer (laughs)
2: language
3: I have ever seen.
2: Uh, Yeah, like you were saying, if they cared about um, the people that are in poorer communities, being around like noise pollution, then they should have been out there with sunrise and renew RI trying to get them to stop building dumps in these large industries next to marginalized communities so they can actually help their life and not focusing on like you said, uh leaf blowers and cars honking and stuff like that during the middle of the day. This is just this sounds is just a- like a place for boomers just to fucking scream their angry fucking youth. I know, at They're each gonna other.
3: say it quietly and respectfully. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it. It doesn't make any kind of sense to me. Um, you can hit up the providencenoiseproject.org website. They've got links to things, uh, fact sheets, or uh, you know other articles, um, and there are the uh, actual regulations that are listed. You know, like by decibel. And uh, what is deemed unnecessary versus excessive and offensive noise. Um, so you know, we already were having the issue where people were attacking and even seizing um, ATVs and stuff like that. But now these rowdy, uppity, brown people are just being too loud in general. So we gotta, we gotta get rid of that. But we have to say that it's because we're helping them that's what they want us to do I mean I like I also don't really appreciate the fireworks so much um like over the summer you know when fireworks go off all the time but I'm not gonna do anything about it you know what all I have to do it's so easy I shut my window and Mm. that's it it's all I have to do it's not a big issue um same deal with uh highway oh another thing they specifically list is sirens like what do you want (laughs) What do you want the ambulances to do? Turn their sirens off so, like, you can go to sleep early and, like, watch Matlock or whatever the heck old so,
0: <laughs> What do old people watch? Today? What's oh, that show about uh, the, the, the Queen, the Crown?
3: The Crown? They might.
2: No, they watch, uh, what is the newest version of, like, Nick at Night or something like that? Isn't there a, a public access or a public channel in Providence that TVN. shows all... Yeah, TV Land. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, so they don't want sirens or, uh, you know, music to people that people are playing in their own freaking cars, uh, too loud to be to be bothering them, uh, because it could activate you know some hearing issues or PTSD for certain people or whatever. So there's all these like uh, uh you know, qualifiers. That are they're just using our own language back at us, uh, which is a is a common tactic going on these days. Um, Big time. But yeah, you straight up you can't just you can't just tell people to be quiet. All you know, we this is a city. When I lived in Federal Hill, they were constantly working on the highway at night, and there was just like this painfully loud construction noise going on yeah i mean but like worse than that
0: i do i could be a soundboard myself you could, you could. <laughs> get the noises andy didn't you say someone someone was uh or who was it somebody was driving around last night blasting dmx oh
3: that was me oh. when i was at work at the school <laughs> in the library where you're supposed to be quiet mm-hmm. Uh, I had my windows open because it was such a nice day, and somebody was driving in circles around the block blasting the Rough Riders anthem, and I loved it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, over here on Wicked in the street, all the cars driving by are blasting DMX too, so yeah. Yeah.
3: That's just what people do, man. When I'm in my car, I love turning the music up super loud. Also, you know what, I'm deaf in one ear, so loud music is something that means a lot to me for a lot of different reasons. And as a person who play attends house shows, plays house shows, and books house shows uh, in a non-pandemic, um, I think it's super ridiculous to say that like people in their own houses uh, need to keep it down. You know, like we we used to have the cops called on us. You know, but. That was not by the like working class like immigrant families in the neighborhood. You know how I know that because I talked to them because I was friends yeah. with my neighbors. Yeah, uh, it was not those people calling the cops on us. They were they would come over. You know they'd come over and hang out because they liked it too. I didn't think that we were actually hurting anybody. Even the cops were like, uh, I don't know, you're not supposed to be able to hear it from two streetlights away, and so. We just, you know, did the best we could because we didn't want them to have to come back and have people feeling unsafe coming to our shows. Um, the another thing that I want to bring up is the comparison to smoking. Uh, on the Providence Noise Project website, it says, that. "Is that a thing?" It says, "Noise is the new secondhand smoke."
2: Oh my God, so I'm speechless.
3: Take that in for a moment. Um, holy
2: shit we've got don't live in the fucking city we've got we've
3: got anti-vaxxers we've got people refusing to wear masks uh move to barrington we've got people you know who will yell at you for smoking a cigarette in public um and let me (laughs) i don't know what blank is the new blank has to do with anything ever it's always like you know people are talking about so, so and so is a virus and it's like I mean, the virus is a virus. Like, you don't have to compare it to anything. Corn is the
0: new grits.
3: Com- I mean, grits is corn. That was a joke. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. But um, yeah, so they cite other cities in the world, and uh, and you know, like once again, like I'm not gonna move to a city in China thinking like, oh, this will be so calm and quiet. I will move to the ding dang countryside if I wanted to live. In quiet. So I'm going to, the boomers like to use our language back at us. I'm going to use boomer language back at the boomers and say, if you don't like it, leave. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine like thinking that you're going to sit down in your apartment in like yoga zen, which is what the like 45 year old kind of uh, Gen Xers do, the people that are probably complaining. And then in the background, just hear like... <laughs> someone's noise project he's like motherfucker (laughs) you can't do anything about it i think it's great i think don't don't move to the city unless you're ready for noise you want
3: and it's like i understand again i i'm not a fan of the fireworks it's freaky to me uh as somebody who grew up in a place that had uh, struggles a lot with gun violence um and also it freaks out my doggies uh but like this is like that's not what they're talking about they're talking about normal ass noise like dogs barking children playing people listening to music in their houses providence was founded on stolen land all right and and is home to a large population of black and brown folks and now we're gonna tell them (laughs) Like, we're going to police everything you do. And also, you're not allowed to make noise because it makes me uncomfortable. Like, that's so stupid to me.
2: Evan, what was the name of that uh, group before they rebranded themselves? Uh, was it like Stop Noise in the Hood or something oh like that? Oh my
3: God, it was. It was something about the hood. Jesus Christ. I just I had it on my phone. Do I-, yeah,
2: I remember yeah. that le- Leprechaun in
0: the Hood? That was a good movie. Yeah. It was a good movie. I, I remember
3: "Boys in the Hood" with a Z.
2: But that had Snoop. That movie, movie had Snoop
0: Dogg in it, so it did. I guess I guess it could use the term "hood."
2: And I I think the Leprechaun turned into a uh, a caterpillar and they smoked a bong together or like
0: that. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs>
2: something like that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so like that. The only noise time i ever... group... Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, just to get off Leprechaun on the Hood, that. That noise group um, is like a dog whistle. Basically, they're just trying to use an ambiguous concept, which is noise in the city, in a way to weaponize it against people of color and marginalized people. Because you know what's popular in Providence? Riding around on dirt bikes and ATVs. You know, the kids of different communities chilling, riding around, having solidarity with each other, enjoying the summer. You know, these boomers don't fucking like that. And this is the kind of group that will add support to the legislation that goes forward and takes those ATVs off the road and these dirt bikes off the road. Because then politicians can turn around and say, hey, this noise group has been on here talking about the problems forever. So obviously we need to do something about it. So we need to get rid of these dirt bikes and these ATVs off the road. This is just another arm of white supremacy, looking to slap around people that they want under control. It's just another tool.
3: There are a bunch of tools.
2: And there are tools.
0: A related bill is uh, the the bill that's in the Senate right now um, about making it a federal offense to block traffic. It's a uh, Senate bill SO-404. That's uh, right. Pushed by uh Reptakis, Polano, and Morgan. Two Republicans and one Democrat. Uh no surprise there that I guess the Republicans, but also the, the Democrat that's involved isn't really that much of a blue Democrat. But anyway, uh yeah, I mean this is a similar bill. It's kind of just a an excuse to arrest protesters uh pretty much anywhere they 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 claim that it's focused on i-95 um but really I think that they're they're kind of enabling um, protesters to be branded as federal offenders mm-hmm. for, for for blocking traffic
2: yeah they uh, they'll put legislation forward that use ambiguous terms and very particular elements so like don't block traffic on state roads. Now that can mean 95, which is what they say it means. And it can also mean like Elmwood Ave. Yeah. So it can mean all sorts of things. And this particular thing, people will kind of like look past it because they think they'll read it and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I mean, you probably shouldn't block traffic. But they don't think about the ways that this can be used against the people that are trying to mobilize and protest. Yeah, I mean, who so, are the
0: people protesting? In, in, I mean, like the, in general, the mo- most people protesting nowadays are people of color and leftists more broadly. So it's definitely again targeting specific groups rather than Do
2: you think they would pass this legislation if all the pro Uh
0: oh. Andy you went out for a minute. Did your microphone turn off?
2: What was he
3: gonna say? The pro what?
0: The pro what?
3: The Protozoans.
0: Don't, 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 don't don't don't
3: professional
0: wrestlers don't don't. Okay,
2: now I can hear you. Yeah, you went out for, for a second. That's all right. What were you saying? Oh, I was saying, um, do you really think that they would be putting this legislation forward if it was all live matter protests, you know, or if it was support your police protests? Stop no. the steal. Yeah, they would not be passing legislation on stopping traffic and stuff like that. No, because that would be in their benefit.
0: Yeah, no way. Well, we are familiar. Andy and I are familiar with uh, uh, Senator Morgan on Twitter. Yeah, fuck her. Yeah, Yeah, she she is probably the most notorious Rhode Island Republican that tweets the most heinous things ever. So, yeah, I think everyone... Everyone is familiar with her on
2: Twitter now. Her favorite tactic is uh, a red herring where she just completely, she'll introduce a subject and then she'll distract you with something else. And it works on the majority of uh, Republicans because a lot of people that are Republicans and Democrats, they only care about their team, red versus blue. So whenever there is a perceived good point, they support it without thinking critically about it. Yeah, and that works great as far as like political rhetoric, you know, and blue and red. And uh, if you actually read through what she says, like a lot of these politicians, it's completely vapid.
0: Yeah. Uh, What's the so what's the solution or the deal with the the noise project? Like, is there a is there a bill or something that they're trying to push? Uh,
3: Yeah. Uh, So the city council um passed this i don't know resolution i guess um to do a study at least so far to address systemic changes to environmental noise um and then the city administration will look into enforceable and effective solutions they're talking about something called acoustic cameras to help enforce noise oh. ordinances um and then noise barrier tax incentives
0: so wait so they would wait they tax people no
3: tax incentives oh so there's an incentive to not making noise
0: how do how do you determine that like if i'm out there leaf blowing if i'm out there being megatron and someone like would someone come up to me with like a bill and be like
3: yeah i mean that's two
0: points off your noise card
3: you get reported (laughs) it's kind of like going through a red light camera you know, and you get a thing in the mail and it's a picture of you running the red light at the time. It's engine. a picture
0: of me trying to float on the leaf floor. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> <down> <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh but it wouldn't
3: be a it wouldn't be a photo because it's not a visual camera. It would be, you know, um some kind it would, of designation that you were blowing too hard at too high a decibel level.
0: They'd send me an audio that would just be like Bruh, shit,
1: shit 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 shit. <laughs>
3: yeah sound detectors so the person listening to dmx super loud also gonna get in trouble um you know if your kids are being too loud in the yard arrest your kids just kidding not really but at least probably a fine or something
0: that is a terrible idea yes it's kind of go ahead
3: no, that's it. I agree with you. It's a terrible idea and I'm going to echo what I said earlier, which is just like, oh my God, there are way more important things to be worried
2: about. Oh these my are, God. Yeah.
0: These are the same people that like uh, are afraid of uh, the rescue RI plan or the climate action plan because they they're worried about a fossil fuel tax. You know, what I mean, they're like, oh, who do you think's going to pay for this new green infrastructure? It's going to be the taxpayers. And it's like, the fuck, man, like you're trying to push taxes on noise right now. Like, who do you play for? Like, it's just your self interest is it? You can't pay uh, an extra $4 in tax per month to make the world a better place to live in. But you're willing to have other people pay taxes for having their kid play outside. It's Mm. like, what? It's so frustrating to me.
3: If my kid is noisy, they better not hang out inside all the time.
0: I know, right? Get the fuck out of my house! You yelling like that. We right?
3: should be we should we <laughs> should move on, but I just want to read over some of the stuff because the language is really specific and funny. Um, yeah, so, if you look at the Providence Municipal Code, that they're uh, they're outlining the offenses. Uh, so, for noise control, under Section sixteen. Um, It is hereby declared to be the policy of the city to prohibit unnecessary excessive and offensive noise from all sources subject to its police power for the sole purpose of securing and promoting the public health, comfort, safety, and welfare of the citizenry. Uh, uh, Unnecessary excessive or offensive noise equals any sound or noise conflicting with the criteria standards or levels set forth in this article for permissible noises. Uh, yeah, so noises that exceed ambient noise level. Uh, but again, it's just, it's some weird surveillance. I mean, are these the same people who like, don't want 5G or don't want a vaccine because yes. of
0: that? Yes, these are the exact same people who, even before the pandemic, they were anti-vaxxers. It's what I imagine. And you know what the shittiest thing is? What's the shittiest I guarantee thing? you. You see these people every time you go into a cafe when it's, it's like the 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 uh, older Gen X slash Boomer like that that kind of crossover moment of like forty five to fifty year olds who wear like tie dye print uh, <laughs> things. My father and like and like go in and get coffees from whatever cafe is around the corner from their house and are so rude to the workers there. But then at the same time, they're like, namaste when they leave. And it's like, <laughs> you know, you just fucking ruined my day. And then like, these are the same people, I guarantee you who are like complaining about noise because they're trying to fucking Zen out, dude. They're trying to like be in their house and and uh, do yoga or some weird shit that like they they need absolute silence for.
3: So it's like I will call the homeowners association and have you fine for your grass being too high because it is a plight, uh, a visual plight. Uh, it's a it's a pock on the face of our gorgeous neighborhood. But also, if you mow your lawn and I can't hear my NPR, I'm gonna yeah. call the cops on you anyway.
0: This is the this is the. The property equivalent of the Karens. Let me talk to your manager.
3: Oh, their names are so goofy, too. <laughs> oh my God. If you go on the Facebook group, their names are literally like Barbara and stuff. Annabelle, <laughs> Joanne. Sharon, that's my mom's name. Sorry, mom.
0: Joanne, Annabelle. All these like double names. Yeah. I have an image of these people in my head uh, and I, I, I just listed mostly uh, female names. And I don't want to assume that oh, it's that's not, all it is. It's
3: not just women. Yeah. Uh,
0: but I mean, the, the image in my head are like the people who one second listen to like Grateful Dead and then the next 2nd they're like, you know what? My my quesadilla isn't hot enough. So <laughs> please speak to your manager. It's like the same people. Guaranteed. Oh,
3: those people wouldn't pronounce it quesadilla. Quesadilla.
0: Quesadilla. My quesadilla is... <laughs> My quesadilla is too cold. I need to speak with your manager. It's like, sir. No,
3: I've worked at so many restaurants, and uh, employees being able to uh, listen to whatever music they want is so nice. You know, it's like so sweet for morale. It makes the day pass. Uh, You can get into nice conversations with regulars about it. Meet people, community, yada yada. But then there's always going to be somebody that comes in and is like, um, can you can you turn this down a little bit? I can't even hear myself think. And whatever you're thinking about while you're eating a bagel is surely very important. I understand. <laughs> but, but like, no. My standard response is, that's as low as it goes.
0: Unless you're like dealing with quantum theory on a blackboard in a cafe, you can't tell anyone to be quiet. I mean, don't... Uh.
1: Maybe Actually, that would
2: be a hilarious skit if like you're in this quiet cafe and someone just wheels in like this 10 foot blackboard with like chalk and just starts writing like mathematical problems on the <laughs> be quiet. but there's
3: a difference between like a campus coffee shop and yeah. like a uh, you know the Hudson Street deli or whatever like
2: mm, yeah
3: there is a difference between those two environments uh and you know yeah again it's like this is this is neighbors this is neighbor shit we don't need the city coming in and telling us what we can and can't do in our neighborhoods
0: that's a good point because the other thing i wanted to bring up is that just like as an aside kind of is how it's kind of it's strange how like we were saying these people they they move in between like the the state or the the federal government should have play a role in making sure that my noise, my anti noise is secured, but then at the same time, not paying taxes. And it seems like very strange how uh, the roles have kind of flipped in the past few years between like um, those people who I'm going to broadly call Republicans or Republican leaning or purple Democrats are now like pro-state and federal laws if it applies like if it benefits Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. where's the best toxic individualism that exists in america yeah they only care about what's best for them they don't care about everybody else
3: no i'm not saying that i have no sympathy for people who just like might have you know extreme anxiety or ptsd or maybe they're just they need to meet somebody in a public place to have a conversation for safety or whatever uh working at restaurants and cafes over the years i have witnessed so many uncomfortable situations like this and that is why i turn the music up because i don't want to hear beverly dun,
0: dun, yelling dun, 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 at
3: her ungrateful somebody
0: that was 50 cents
3: oh
0: yeah, i got it <laughs> I, dun, dun. I just when i imagine someone turning volume up really loud
3: always Curtis 50
0: Cent. It's always that song in particular, just because it's got that bass. You know? I don't, I don't know. It's just what I imagine. Okay. That moment.
3: Thank you for including us. In mm-hmm. that
0: <laughs> <laughs> if I ever do get off the ground with this leaf blower, I hope that song is playing on my headphone. <laughs> That's
3: pretty cool. That's yeah. the best thing to
0: imagine. Think of it. Yeah, it's cool as hell. But
3: well speaking, I mean I'm gonna compare this to the to the vaccine situation right now. I mean, full disclosure, I have both my doses of the vaccination, but like- What did you
2: get, Pfizer or Moderna? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: Yeah, I got the left-handed one.
0: Pfizer, that good Turkish-German juice. I
3: ah,
2: that's Pfizer, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, so- the type of vaccine that it is alters, it's an, It's called an mRNA vaccine. Uh, it's, uh, the same thing that could have been done 40 years ago to help uh, nip in the bud the spread of AIDS. But since only gay people and black people and poor people were dying of that, not worth coming out with the vaccine. But now that everyone is, Quote, unquote everyone is being affected got a vaccine
2: that's a great
0: point
1: suspicious
3: um, no
0: yeah when donald, uh, when donald trump got COVID, everyone was like fuck man we gotta develop something
2: quick we need to do science this. technology um academia it's all political and they only go after what suits their needs and obviously the aids epidemic was not suiting their uh the homogenous population's needs it was on the outside only bad people got aids so why are we going to make a vaccine to help them and that's also not profitable so now the tables have turned just like you said and it's an everybody problem so now they're all about it
3: tables have
1: Sorry. How the, that's how my favorite how the turns job. have tabled. That's my favorite except, joke in the office.
2: Except
0: I do, I mean, you you listed academia in there, but uh, oh, there were, Foucault is an example of a famous academic who died of AIDS. Yep.
2: Yeah, well, that's a right. lot of. So there were some.
3: Some academics
2: were gay. Yeah,
0: that's true. Also.
2: Yeah, I would argue that Foucault was also on the outside of society with his philosophies, considering he had such a heavy critique of what society was and of academia and everything else. So Sex. I would I would say that he was one of the heterogeneous elements of uh, society. He was on the outside. Yeah. But
0: no, yeah, generally it's the it's the true point. The, the def there definitely was a bigger push to get a vaccine out uh for and it, I I noticed the acceleration at two moments. The first one was as soon as it was obvious that politicians, that federal politicians were getting COVID, right? Boom, push number one. And then second one, because the United States is so obsessed with Russia, it was when Putin announced that, that Russia had invented Sputnik. And then it was like, oh, shit, we can't let Russia have a good vaccine. We're going to amp up our propaganda to say that Sputnik is shit and don't get it. And then we got to develop our own vaccine and get it out. But it turns out that actually Sputnik is one of the most effective vaccines uh,
2: developed so far. Also, fuck the United States for <laughs> protecting the international or uh, the intellectual property laws that is stopping a lot of poor nations in this world from getting uh, the mm. vaccine by not allowing them to engineer it. Biden made a statement saying, hey, I'd like to do this, but I can't. You can. You just don't want to because the United States is just four companies in a trench coat, and it's not profitable to do so. Johnson &
0: Johnson, you got to buy that J&J, Juju. And on the
2: same point, I'd like to say that China has promised that when they do develop their own vaccine, that they will make it available to anyone everywhere in the country. And China is not an enemy of the United States people, but the United States government.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, fuck the United States for a lot of reasons, <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, on that note, I wa- or on the note of vaccines again, I just want to remind listeners that uh, you can get uh, the vaccine for free. No, you don't need insurance. It doesn't cost anything. You don't need to be um, a registered citizen. You can be undocumented, have none of that stuff. You just go in there. We got to make an appointment, of course, but you, they don't even ask you anything when you go in. You just you just get it.
2: Yo, so. to do full circle real quick. We first talked about Zoomerman, <laughs> I've already forgotten his fucking name. Um, Wait a minute. Zambrano. Wait a minute. Mom-
0: moment of silence for the Chinese national anthem, which is public domain, so we can't play it. <laughs> <laughs> nice shout out to China's uh, equitable vaccine uh, distribution.
2: Yeah, we got to name the good things about China because this country is pushing for a war with China saying that China is uh trying to expand their influence around the United around the world and it's all complete bullshit. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Um full circle, Sam Bell was originally called out by Scotty Z because Sam Bell was saying Zamboni. that the Z- Yeah, because 02903 was not on the list of people to get the vaccine, even though they had a high infection rate. And he said, this is a problem, 02903 has a high infectious rate, so they should be able to get the vaccine, and they're not able to. And then Scotty Z came at him with a whole bunch of room temperature IQ comments.
3: People love to insult each other's intelligence or IQ, even though. It is known and noted and widely accepted that IQ tests are racist and biased. So that's stupid. I, yeah, people love to focus on the wrong thing. Let's focus on noise and how noise harms communities of color. Let's, okay. not, let's not talk about you know pipelines ruining the water supply on sacred land. Let's not talk about. Uh, yeah,
2: Biden just okayed that
3: calling the cops on people of color, which is essentially asking for them to get murdered.
0: I swear to God, if you come at me about my leaf blower. It's not it was, even
3: your leaf blower.
0: be so angry. Yeah, you're right.
3: Oh my God, if you get Ray's leaf blower confiscated, he's never gonna forgive you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're, gonna get,
3: we're gonna get refused from all family holidays. It's a,
0: It's one of those backpack ones. You wear it as a backpack, it's got a strap. Can, and everything. We,
2: can we add something on Patreon where it's like a hundred a month subscription to make Alex Megatron? To add
0: pieces to me to make me into that. Yeah.
2: I don't think you want that, Andy.
0: <laughs> I don't think you want that. You don't know you don't know what I'm capable of if I get that power. Um yeah. Speaking of the Patreon, you listeners out there. I know you're listening, and I know you ain't helping us out. Uh, I'm just kidding. I mean, people are going through everything. Times are tough. Times are tough. But if you can spare a dollar, the money goes into the organizations that we have come on, or two thirds of it does. One third goes to us for uh, production and and all that, um, and for also creating merch stuff the time it takes for us to do that
3: we're not making any money off of this to be clear
0: yeah
2: Um, i'm definitely not
0: (laughs) yeah uh so if you can help out it means a lot uh even just sharing the podcast with your friends uh and your foes someone send this episode to scott Zamborino. Zamburano, please zambini please send send this episode to him and tell him that uh tell him to lay back on lay off the beer for a little bit you know his complexion is a little too red and i know what that means i know what that means scott all right
3: you should be following the boston be a man account
0: oh yeah i love that yeah it, it shout out to boston be a man i don't know those people i don't know if they're like good good politics or not (laughs) but but it's funny so if you're on instagram look up boston be a man um
3: is it satire or is it not ironic
0: i get the sense that it's somebody's like dad or uncle who like habitually said stupid funny things and they were like they were like joe we have to record you like saying these things and so it just kind of ballooned and became a thing Mm -hmm. um but yeah look at that was funny uh anybody else want to add anything our our guest today is uh reclaim ri we have miguel on i'm really excited about uh but you guys want to add anything before we transition
3: i feel like i have spoken a lot
2: um no that's it no All right. thank you reclaim for coming on today thanks for joining us uh we have on
0: the show Miguel from Reclaim RI. Um, It's a pleasure to have you on as a representative from Reclaim RI. I've heard a lot about what Reclaim does. Uh, I've seen a lot of the social media uh, posts about what's going on with Reclaim. Uh, So please just uh, introduce yourself, your role in the organization, and then we got some questions for you.
4: Sure, yeah, I'm very happy to be here too. I appreciate you giving the opportunity to sort of talk about ourselves. Um, So like you said, my name is Miguel, Miguel Youngs. I'm with Reclaim. I joined Reclaim in early October, late September, and uh, I'm involved in various aspects of the organization which we can kind of get into how we sort of break down as an organization, but mainly my focus has been on Latino outreach in Rhode Island. So a lot of what we do, a lot of our initiatives and our campaigns, making sure that, you know, there's an element wherein it's being translated into Spanish for one. That's kind of like the first place to start. And also that we're making sure we're kind of reaching those neighborhoods in the state, especially Providence, Tucket, Central Falls. Like that's like important to us. And that's where my focus has been. Um, but as an organization, you know, we we focus on a range of things. And if anyone who sort of wants to be able to imagine what Reclaim's about, a good way to think of it is that before it was Reclaim Rhode Island, essentially, it was the Bernie Sanders campaign in Rhode Island, Rhode Island for Bernie, and the folks who sort of made that up when I'm, we all kind of know what happened to Bernie's campaign, when he dropped out, they. Just sort of stay together, maintain that platform, and just kind of transition into Reclaim Rhode Island. So a lot of the stuff that that campaign represented, uh, Reclaim also represents.
0: Um, yeah, I, I mean, I I hope that you can talk a little bit more about the specifics of the the uh, Latino or Hispanic outreach that you do for. Reclaim because I do think that it's important considering the the population of latinx people in the the capital city, but then also the the surrounding areas. Um, so yeah, do, do you guys go like door to door or how do you do it. We do we
4: I've been to several times with them and as an organization there's been a bunch of canvases um, obviously that was tricky with the pandemic deciding how much you want to do that and how comfortable people are with it. Uh, We've done a lot of phone banking and sort of text, texting, like mass texting. But me personally, I think that canvassing, like going door to door is the most effective. And I canvassed in Pawtucket and various neighborhoods in South Providence, mainly just trying to, you know, raise awareness of what, the campaigns we're taking on, which I guess I'll say here, and we can even get into these two. These are kind of like the crux of what we're doing now, um, which are two main campaigns. One is a marijuana justice campaign, which I'm happy to explain more. And another is a tax the rich campaign, um, increasing taxes on you know, like top, top earners, like $475,000 uh, a year. And when we canvass, it's mainly to sort of you know, make ourselves known and to spread awareness of both of these campaigns that people are working on and to mainly try to inspire people to you know contact their local reps and tell them that you want this and things like that um so when we went, so some of the canvases camp- I've been involved with especially with like the Spanish speaking outreach it was it was it's like one thing I did was I got all their all the flyers translated into Spanish which was big and especially when you canvas for something like the state budget you you kind of have to do some explaining because that's that's mm-hmm. it's kind of complicated i mean it is complicated but it's not as complicated as it sort of seems it's like intimidating but the more you kind of have conversations with people and sort of help them realize you know what's happening how taxes have been cut on the top earners like sort of like systematically for, for about 20 years, 25 years in the state, and how all of these social services that you know we really want to focus on—we wanted to do campaigns on education, on like better infrastructure, all these things in the state. But what we ended up deciding as an organization is that sort of like the way to not spread ourselves too thin. Um, the state budget is what sort of affects all of that. Hmm. And one way to increase the state budget would be to, you know, obviously raise taxes on people who make over $475,000 a year. And there's a lot of numbers that um, people get into. It's like, I think they're currently taxed at like an eight percent rate and just raising it a couple percentage points would generate $130 million for the state, which could go to all these, all these various causes that a lot of people in reclaim are passionate. About. And we have a lot of people who are really, invested in public schools and things like that you know homelessness and uh, an increased budget go a very long way to helping those things so.
3: are people that you meet when you're doing your canvassing are they generally pretty receptive to what you're saying
4: yes um yes and no i guess <laughs> it depends on where um, i live in federal hill and i've had great luck canvassing yeah. after because you know you see all like you see like a, a bernie poster in the window or like a black lives matter poster you're like okay this person's probably going to be down with what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. i've also gone to uh, parts of warwick and we focus on warwick specific warwick Mm. is
1: interesting
0: yeah it is
4: (laughs) yes warwick's very interesting and especially right now uh, there's a specific district in warwick where the speaker of the house Joe Shikarchi, is a representative Mm -hmm. for those who I don't blame you if you don't follow that stuff because it is just like, oh my gosh! Especially local politics in Rhode Island can just make your head spin. But Joe Shikarchi recently became the Speaker of the House, and what that means is he's one of the most powerful politicians in the state. And there's an area of his district that overlaps with um, State Senator McCaffrey. I think his first name is John, something, something with a J. Senator McCaffrey, and he is the Senate Majority Leader, which makes him also Fairly powerful in terms of local politics, and the fact that their districts overlap—that's like a strategic place to canvas. So when we canvass, we think of it in that way too. And my experience there, um, you know, there's some people who will, were definitely receptive. Like you never know, you knock on a door, and the person comes out. I had one guy I said, "Oh man, we all supported Bernie last two times before this. Let's go." They call, you know, their rents, They call Shakarchi. It was awesome. We want Shakarchi's phone ringing that's like what we want mm. but other people in warwick they were you know thanks but no thanks one i, I was at one house where the, you know the gentleman put up some some fight you know. you're prepared for that because we we're going to get into their like deep philosophy of like taxation is theft or whatever yeah and you sort of like like i i push back a little but you know my theory, others think, go a different route. I think, you know, just like next house, right? I'm not out here trying to convert like a Trump voter to all of a sudden be down with like this stuff. So, you know, so definitely, there's definitely a lot of people who are into this, in this state. One thing to remember is that you know, Bernie won Rhode Island in 2016. So there's a lot of sympathy for that cause in this thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, what do you... Thinking, going back to to Warwick, West Warwick is Patricia Morgan's um, uh, district part of it. And she's one of the most, I think, outspoken Republican uh, House members in the state, uh, at least publicly on Twitter. Um, And so what do you say to people who would would beg you guys to do more petitioning there so that Someone like that couldn't be renominated, so that maybe she could be replaced with a centrist Democrat or, in, in an ideal world, a more progressive person. Right, right. Someone more favorable.
4: Um, what I would say is, if you're in West Warwick and this stuff is important to you, to definitely get involved with replaying. because one, one thing we did during the last election cycle is we canvassed for certain candidates as well. We have a several endorsed candidates around the state like Mm -hmm. tiara mack david morales leonardo felix Um, and these are all like you know around providence and we are a statewide organization i would say the majority of our membership is probably in the greater providence area but there's definitely people from coventry um someone from foster like we're trying to expand more and more and if we're going to to really be able to get involved in the next election cycle. in some of these districts, like West Warwick, having folks from West Warwick who are, you know, agree with us, who want all these platforms to be more prevalent, if they get involved, that's so helpful for us. Because when we go to Warwick, there's people, like I grew up in Warwick, I know these parts of Warwick very well. Just to have people in the organization who know the neighborhoods Mm -hmm. is critical, so that's, I guess, step one would be just, you know, get involved. And I understand Rhode Island is fun, because we're such a small state, but it's, it's easy to feel isolated. If you're in one of these like peripheral sort of towns, it seems like all the is going on in Providence. But um, if it's intimidating or something, uh, you know, we're really friendly, we're an extremely friendly, friendly group. I've learned so much from these people and just reach out, you'd be surprised how many people around the state agree with you especially if you're in west Warwick? you know and you feel like you're surrounded by uh like morgan's out there she she's my gosh she's like going over the defense She's like embracing all the talking points they're just like, wow <laughs> yeah. and it's like look at this when you don't like this it's in rhode island but and i I can see how being in west War, you might think you know you're stuck on an island surrounded by like you know the Trump world or whatever you want to call it, the MAGA country. But I would say, you know, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how um, you know, how deep uh leftist causes run in the state. So just yep. reach out.
0: More part of us. There's definitely leftists nestled in West Warwick somewhere. Someone's parents or uh, someone's kids or something like that. You have to find them somehow because they'll right. they'll come out. Um uh, you mentioned that uh, the two of the main things that you guys are working on right now is um, uh, marijuana justice reform and uh, the the tax, taxing the rich. I wonder if you could get in more about the marijuana justice reform that you guys are doing.
4: Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, I'm a little less personally involved with that campaign. There's one thing that happens when you join these groups. Uh, you kind of have to pick and choose, which again, I'll, just to sort of say to anyone who's listening, uh, if you become a part of this organization, you don't have to like take on the entire plate, you can choose. But I do follow what they're doing over there, in the marijuana justice campaign, because they have a lot of momentum, because that one is clearly more popular, or not not more popular, but it's much easier to talk to people about that. Yeah. Um, you know, knocking on doors, talking about marijuana justice, people are doubting <laughs> about that, talking about like, you know, tax brackets sometimes you see people's eyes gloss over but for the marijuana justice um, this campaign it's not focused on legalizing marijuana because frankly in Rhode Island it's really not a matter of if more when it'll be legalized you know because you've got those dispensaries in Massachusetts like Alboro and Fall River and for anyone who's been there you've seen that parking lots are always full and they're often full with cars and you see a lot of Rhode Island license plates. There's a lot of money that's just driving right over the border. So it'll, it'll, it'll be legalized in Rhode Island. And what we're focusing on then is that if it's legalized, it's got to happen the right way. And the the things we're pushing for is that if, if, or when marijuana is legalized, that included our um, automatic expungement of all marijuana related criminal records, which would be huge. Because that when you when you think about that, that's sort of would be the hypocrisy in the system. Is you have people who serve serious time for like marijuana-related offenses, offenses. And then all of a sudden it becomes legal. And then all the people who've been putting them in jail are now lining their pockets. And it's that's just like next level hypocrisy and like true injustice. So like expunge those records. And of course, you know, we all know which communities most affected by the war on drugs um, it's communities of color and that sort of is also baked into our campaigns making sure that um some of the, the dispensaries or whatever the growing the, the business that comes out of it that there's a percentage of it allocated to go to uh business owners minority business owners as well as um co-ops we want co-ops uh, opportunity for co-ops to happen in the state and my understanding is that the platform we are proposing would be close to the most progressive marijuana platform in this country and you know why not do it in our you know we're we're a small state we can pull it off and having like a specific sector of the marijuana cannabis industry dedicated to worker co-ops with the right to unionize that'd be huge so that's what that's what this campaign is all about it's it's not about making marijuana legal. it's about making it legal in uh, in the right way that's what we call it the justice marijuana campaign i guess i'll plug an event coming up for that while i'm yeah. here uh, it, obviously you can't have like 420s coming up. you can't like how could we miss that how could we not like here's something on 420 so on 420 um anyone's interested in this at state house at 6 p.m. We're holding a rally for this. There's gonna be like, you know, speakers, music, and um, that's that's where a lot of the energy is going now is spurring the word for that, because that campaign in particular, we think has a lot of potential, well, it does. It, it, it's uh, realizing that potential, there's a lot of uh, momentum. And Frank, and also, it's, time is kind of of the essence, I would say, because you don't want to wait on this. Because if you do, it'll be legalized and all that stuff you've been I've been saying here. Will I miss the opportunity? So this is like this now is the time to push for this. So that's sort of what the marijuana campaign is about.
0: Is there anyone in the group? Um, I mean, have you I don't know the extent of the conversation in Rhode Island, but the idea of making the the would-be dispensaries, a uh, state institution, and the way that New Hampshire kind of regulates the the liquor stores in their state, and so that money goes directly into the state after it's after you know the the distilleries or whatever are paid out. But uh, having that money funnel more directly into the state without having to go through a third party, uh, you know. Dispensary owner, who's some guy that owns the 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 dispensary, right? Yeah, and that conversation
4: is happening. Um, You know, there's people much more involved with this campaign than I who are really like digging through the details. But that conversation is happening. I know it is because the situation you sort of just described is why liquor stores in the state are such like um, there's that weird like middleman and there's all these like rules like baked in to to the whole, it's just like a mess. And um, when you say like cutting out that third party, that's definitely part of it. Because, you know, you don't want all these sort of like, I don't know if beaches is the right word, but these like corporate interests that will just like make so much money off of this and then it'll mess up the whole thing. Like prices will yeah. go I don't know This is such a domino effect. So those common conversations are absolutely happening. So especially within this organization and without.
0: um so yeah you you talked about the marijuana justice uh reform that reclaim is working on now what about the the taxing the rich one that i think you're more directly involved in right and that just uh was it yesterday you guys had a an action on that tomorrow 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 11 o'clock in that very district
4: i was talking about before in warwick right around i don't know if anyone uh, is familiar with familiar with Warwick. It's it's in like the back end of Warwick, you know, the Buttonwoods neighborhood, uh, Sandy Lane, which is which is almost funny but that part of Warwick is such like political leverage. Like it's crazy how that how that works out. But we'll be canvassing there tomorrow at eleven a.m. to sort of finish out because we've already gone there once, and it's it's a fairly big neighborhood. And there was I would say there's about twenty of us last. And in splitting up, we got about two thirds of the houses we wanted to, to get. So we're gonna finish the job tomorrow. I, I can't remember the exact amount, but we got some uh, letters out of 20, 25, 30 letters and phone calls, all emails, I guess, not letters, these days um, to Shikarchi and McCaffrey. So tomorrow, the Justice Budget Campaign will be meeting in Warwick at the Mickey Stevens Sports Complex at 11 a.m. to canvas the neighborhood. Uh, and then after that, we, we do like a weekly phone bank because we have a long list of people to call. And, you know, we send out texting. Um, that's that's an easy way to sort of like become a part of it, especially if you're uncomfortable knocking on doors. Uh, there's programs out there that, you know, send texts out to like a bunch of people all at once. And just to remind people we have uh we try to make it as easy as possible for people we have like a pre-written form that people can sort of find they can find it through our website if you're interested at reclaimri.org and it's sort of because with something like this the ask it's not a specific act ask but it's it's somewhat technical and that can be something that's intimidating about writing a letter like I don't know what to say like you forget like what percent do I wanna raise, like what's the uh tax bracket we're talking about. It's all we have a pre-written form that we defer people to. We often have them scan something or tell them they can visit the website. And all you have to really do is put your name. You can even you can edit it to make it personal and whatnot. But that's that's sort of our approach is we wanna make it as easy as possible for people. And when I can it's, it's the goal is to kind of watch the person. Like, scan it then like do it. Like, that's what I, that's what I aim for. It's, it's almost like being a pest. That's kind of what you have to be a little bit. Um, but you know, sometimes you'll be like, Yeah, sure, I'll do this. And then they close the door. You, you don't know if they're well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, we try to just make it as easy as possible.
0: Um, did you have?
3: I was just gonna. So, by the time that this episode airs, it will be after tomorrow. Okay. So that, <laughs> um it particular huh
0: it will be tomorrow it will
3: be yeah <laughs> right so so but yeah I would love to be able to um promote the weekly phone bank sure. event or just the potential because I know folks are looking to to help out. Is there anything else that could be helpful? Do you need more translators? Do you need what do you need
4: I- I could definitely use more translators. One language I would love to be represented more is Portuguese, because mm-hmm. um, one—I'm not sure how many people realize—that Southeast New England, I'm almost positive that this is a fact, has the most, the densest Cape Verdean population on the continent. Like mm-hmm. there's so many Cape Verdeans, and a lot of them are in New Bedford, but like New Bedford, Fall River, East Providence, Pawtucket, and. Once upon a time, Fox Point, I mean, there's still, you can still feel remnants of that community. Obviously, I'm tempted to get into the history of gentrification, but that's not why I'm here. (laughs) It's not necessarily in Fox Point like they used to be, they're still there. And their presence is strong in the state. And I would love to have uh, Portuguese translators. And I could always use help with Spanish as well. But those are are the two languages. And of course, you know, there's um, South Pacific Asian pretty dense population around as well so i mean anyone out there speaks these languages are from these communities and is thinking to themselves uh oh, we would love to have some of this information in our language i would love to have you join and i guess for the sake of the budget campaign i can't say since this is airing after the canvas i'm talking about we do have some community forums coming up of the community forum based things and in terms of the budget and raising taxes, we're really not alone in this fight. There are other organizations like uh, Working Families that
1: mm-hmm.
4: are pushing this. Like, because this is a bigger—I don't want to say it's bigger—because when you create this like comparison, but it's much more of like a long-term sort of systemic push than the marijuana campaign. The marijuana campaign is like a thing that's happening now, and mm-hmm. there's like a like, present in this this budget this budget um, campaign frankly, has been in the making for a long time. Like, we're all kind of standing on the shoulders of people who have been fighting this for a while. And leading up to this, what Reclaim focused on all last summer was preventing budget cuts. Like it was, I think of that as more of a defensive. Budget. I think the, our now ex-governor, Nina Raimondo, she had some, quote. Well, I can't remember what she said. It was, she was like, oh, they're gonna be severe cuts. She was being all like foreboding, like, oh, we can handle severe cuts. And anyone who's been, I'm sure this is true in other states, but anyone who's been around Rhode Island long enough, when you hear severe cuts, they're talking about, you know, housing, like, you know, crossroads or something, the school system. It's it's always in those things. So we really pushed our in, initial campaign was to prevent those cuts. And again, we weren't alone in this. And that was successful. There were no budget cuts, no drastic budget cuts. And that's again, the budget was all messed up last year because of the pandemic. But now the push is to, you know, okay, we save, there are no budget cuts, but now we'd love to see increases to that budget by taxing folks who make over $475,000. And we're doing, we have forums coming up at the end of the month, I'm um, I don't. i I'm not gonna try to, I'm not gonna guess a the date. They are listed on reclaimri.org. I I want to say the 22nd, but I might be wrong on that. So don't quote me. Um, but there'll be more of those. There'll be more of those because for this campaign, there's an educational aspect to it where we need, when people want to get involved, like you kind of need to learn sort of the ins and outs. We get various elected officials like Sam Bell, who's our state senator up here in Federal Hill. He's a good friend of the organization. He's usually handy to come explain some sort of budget policy thing in a way that's understandable um, so that's that's what's coming up there are opportunities to get involved in this campaign and to just like learn more like by no means do you have to be an expert in the rhode island tax code to be a part of this campaign that would be so exclu- exclusive
3: <laughs> well we'll be boosting these things um can I, I just want to circle back again. Sorry to keep pushing on this, but I'm interested um, in, in terms of translating, is it when you're, when you say Spanish, are you talking about like Central and South American, uh, like slash European Spanish? Or are you talking indigenous languages?
4: Well, I guess I would say all of the above. Everything, um, okay. In, in Rhode Island, it's typically Central South American. Like we have in Caribbean, there's a very dense Dominican uh population, especially in South Providence, right? Uh-huh. Down Broad Street, that red, white, and blue, when you get on that part of Broad Street, that's not the American flag. That's oh yeah for anyone who's wondering. And then uh, you know Central Falls is a whole Colombian, it's a we've got the we've got a very diverse state. Mm-hmm. And we just want to make sure we're speaking to those people because having a diverse coalition that's not like that wouldn't be nice or something. That's that is necessary. That's like that's just I'm gonna go as far as say that's like mandatory for in order for this to be effective, in order for this to work, we need to be, um, have a a diverse coalition of people.
3: Yeah, it's just, you know, that the the dialects can be so different. And so it's, you can tell somebody like, yeah, I speak Spanish and then they start talking to you, but it's in Cuban Spanish. And you're like, bro, I have no idea what you're saying. I'm so sorry.
4: Right, right, right. Even in Mexico, my family from Mexico. My family's from Northern Mexico and that's 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 quite different than folks in uh, like Puebla down in like Southern Mexico. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. Like,
4: yeah, and that's, I mean, that's one of the takeaways. And that's why from this big national election, right? Is that there's been this just like assumption of like, I know this is a cliche, and everyone uses it. And I like all the talking heads on CNN were saying it forever. Like, but the, it's truly the Hispanic vote is not a model. It's just like true. Yeah. and to treat as if, oh, they all definitely feel the same way. That's just like foolish. Like the Cubans in Miami clearly are different people than oh, yeah. like the Mexicans in like Southern Arizona or whatever. So, and that's true in the state and we want to be aware and mindful of that. So yeah, in terms of translators, you know, all of the above.
3: Anybody, all right, cool, good to know. I have a lot of, I work in the Providence public school system. Oh. Uh, in a school that is, you know, like 80 to 90 percent uh, Spanish-speaking
4: right. students,
3: and so most of us, as the workers, have to speak Spanish in order to communicate with our students. But it's um, a lot of different from a lot of different countries are represented. So I'm sure I could rustle up some folks.
4: Right. Oh, that that'd be wonderful. And if those folks, you know, if they come and get involved with Reclaim, they'll be speaking with me. So. You can hear me here.
0: Uh, we, so we had a couple listeners submit questions to ask you and you've, you've already answered most of them. So I'm not going to ask them, but there's one that was kind of specific. Uh, I'm not sure if you can answer it directly, but I'll just read it out. They wanted me to ask you about the Rhode Island Treasury's public opposition to Senate Bill 578 and House Bill 6028 both of which aim to divest the state's pension fund from corporations that make weapons of war, military contractors, uh, and both bills received massive support from the public written in verbal testimony. So I guess that person just wants to know Reclaim's position on that, if you know it at all.
4: Right. So I, I hesitate to speak on behalf of all of you. Because one thing about organization is we are completely uh, democratically Like All these decisions we make, they're all voted on. Like all mm-hmm. these campaigns we chose, those are voted on and we're all volunteers. But I can speak on behalf of myself and I can, I can say that I'm, I'm fairly certain a lot of people in our organization uh, would be in agreement and would support like, you know, kind of divesting from whatever sort of uh, corporate pension sort of tie. And, and all the pensions in this state too, I mean, that's been, that's been an issue as long, as long as I have been like, you know, aware as like a human, like watching the news. like I don't remember that was like Gina's big thing about, like, you know, pensions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't think Reclaim has an official stance on that. But I guess the thing I could say to that as well is for anyone out there who has specific issues that are extremely important to them, and these things in your mind aren't, they kind of fall outside of the purview of, say, the budget or marijuana justice, um, I'd still invite you to join Reclaim because, again, these campaigns, that's not, this isn't like, these aren't like the permanent campaigns that we're sticking to. And one thing we have is we have biweekly on Tuesdays, we have uh, action committee meetings where everyone in the organization is welcome to come. And we discuss like next steps and, if you feel extremely passionate about one of these issues you can come to these meetings and say hey this is something we should focus on as an organization or reclaim should focus on and make your case and you know if it's compelling i'm sure you'll find a lot of people who agree with you and you know it could be something we take on cool um
0: so uh the next part the next series of questions are Loosely for reclaim, but I guess more specifically for you because they're more a little bit more personal and we thought we could do it kind of rapid fire. I'll I'll shoot you a word or a two choices, and you have to pick one and, and Evan will come up with some too. Um so we can keep it to politics for a little bit, but then we will uh Go elsewhere. So the first one I want to bring up is police. So where where are you with police, and where is reclaim with police, if you could?
4: So defund is that if we're playing word, like <laughs> word association. Um, yeah, we're all for like defund the police. I know that there's various various different phrases like, along with that. Some folks say abolish the police. Others say defund the police. There's there's a lot of debate, I'd say, like within not only our organization but like the left in general about how to, like frame that. But in I think the general agreement, and I'm there with everyone, is uh, defunding the police in the state because we're again we're talking about um, this when we talk about budget stuff, like all this money, like where could that go? How could we use that? We're reevaluating the way you know various parts of the state are funded, state services. So I guess.
0: Word association,
3: sorry if that was more than one word.
0: That's perfect. Yeah, it doesn't have to be one word response. Cool. We're, okay. we're just we're just gonna throw you one or two words and. and it's respond. not like the SAT question. Or no, and there's uh-huh. no there's no right or wrong answer. Although they kind of they're kind of there kind of <laughs> is a wrong answer. Yeah, but right. I, I right. highly doubt you'll give a wrong answer. Cool. Uh, another one, I guess that might take a long explanation is uh, your stance on Bernie Sanders, and I guess reclaims uh, continuing stance on Bernie Sanders. There's a lot of leftists, I feel like who now um, are disassociating themselves with Bernie Sanders because of the way that the campaign kind of fell apart and the kind of the void that he left when he just sort of bowed out. And, you know, people were looking for more closure, I guess. And so absolutely. How do you guys feel about that? Absolutely.
4: Um, I mean, like I mentioned at the beginning, uh, reclaim is uh, clearly—they were all—it was Bernie for Rhode Island. So it's made up. It was its genesis came about from uh, Bernie supporters. Um, I support Bernie. I supported Bernie the last elections, obviously. Um, I guess I would say this is that to me, obviously, Bernie was an exceptional politician, Uh, unlike any I can. In my lifetime, I might remember just the sincerity. It just, it feels like he was a different species. Like, I almost don't even want to call him a pop. Sometimes we need to come off like that. But I would say a lot of what he represented, that when he goes, like, it's not, it's not about the person. Like, I, I think the, the mistake would have been to turn it into some sort of, it's not about him. And wasn't that, that was his campaign. It's, it's not me, us. Mm-hmm. Like, that we need to take that to heart. And um, what did he stand for? And when he's gone i mean even if he wasn't elected president he wouldn't have been here forever um think about why you support him why you like Bernie Sanders and think about those causes and think about those campaigns they're happening in the state they don't end like the fight for um uh health care for all medicare for all that doesn't end just because Bernie you know lost North Carolina and Michigan or whatever it was Sorry to bring up uh old wounds <laughs> I was listening now we don't want to talk about the Carolinas for a while, but yeah, that, I guess that's what I would say. The, the spirit of the campaign lives on and it lives on strong. That was a strong campaign. And there's a lot of people. And like, I, it it really does help to be able to sort of, to have a singular figure like Bernie who can really tie it all together. I'm not denying that, but again, it's got to be much more than one person. So that's that's the answer I give.
3: What opinion, if any, do you have on marks?
4: So I've I've read some marks, not as much as some of my comrades here in Reclaim. There's some uh I've learned I've learned quite a bit from some of my uh, some fellow members of Reclaim. There's some very smart people in this organization. Uh, you know, I would say it's strictly from historical school. Perspective. It's like so valuable to just know what uh, philosophy he was about, and that obviously that continues to this day. You know, I don't not necessarily here to get into the whole like Soviet Union, the whole the whole history. Obviously, a lot has happened in the world since then, and um, I personally try to stay away from like you know comparing things to these old regimes from like World War II era, World War I era, A, because the world has changed so much and B, because that comes with, I mean, there was like the whole McCarthyism, Red Scare thing that like really polluted like public, um, like sort of public's awareness of these issues for so long that um, I I keep marks personally and how I understand things, but when I canvas and when I engage with people, I, this is a personal, I don't always bring it up, especially with you know older folks, because it's just I don't have the energy to try to like undo decades of propaganda that some like sixty-five-year-olds experienced and how they feel about Marxism, how they feel about like whatever Cold War tactic they were subjected to for like their entire developmental years. Like I'm just knocking on their door. To like unpack all of that but uh me personally you know I think the whole thing I think our generation and newer generations are able to kind of see it a little more with less cloudy Because clearly the 20th century a lot happens <laughs> so really a lot happened and a lot sort of obstructed what Marx is saying you know mm-hmm. and like the way that he doesn't necessarily the the, the sort of line to draw from like the Communist Manifesto, just the like Joseph Stalin, obviously so much happened even between then.
3: Yeah, some of it aged well, some of it didn't.
4: Right, <laughs> right. and, and some, some people have claimed Marx that really you could argue have no business really claiming him like, like historically. So mm-hmm.
1: um,
4: yeah, that's, that's sort of where I'm at. If that's a complicated answer. That's how it's gonna be for a while. <laughs> that's a complicated. Out of a complicated topic.
0: What what's your favorite vampire movie? What is my favorite vampire
4: movie? That so um what is the name maybe you can help me out that one with the little kid you remember know that one the the child with the big glasses and the family it's like a, it's a oh movie.
3: let the right one in
4: no um what is that it no is that it I, that doesn't sound familiar to me i don't think that's what i'm talking
3: okay never mind
4: my like
0: is the, it older or is it newer?
4: No, it's not that old. Someone listen talking about. is it a Disney movie? I'm like trying to show you that I don't, I haven't watched a lot of vampire movies. Um,
0: vampire movie with kid in big glasses. Yeah, I mean, you have to the, Google that.
4: The little boy, he's got like spiky hair. His family goes to somewhere on the British Isles, kind of looks like Scotland oh.
1: and
4: he befriends, it's cheesy. It might be Disney Channel. So I might be I might be admitting to a Disney channel.
0: The Little Vampire.
4: The Little Vampire.
0: That's I'm it. Going, I'm going <laughs> with The Little Vampire. Oh, man, that's a good answer. Add Experience. that one to our
3: list. I've
0: never heard of it. We're, Evan and I are working on a um, a half episode on... Uh, well, first we'll talk about um, Marx's metaphor of the vampire, which he uses a whole ton. Right, and then right. we're going to talk about all these vampire movies in that context and try to like read the vampire mythos wow. through a leftist lens but it should be a marxist
4: funny. interpretation of the little vampire that is
0: it. novel
4: podcast material <laughs> yes is it?
3: thank you for that suggestion that was not on our list we've watched twilight we've watched uh blade oh, wow. blade
4: that's another one yeah
3: vamp uh the hunger you know was it Juan van Helsing?
4: have you watched that one
3: have it like the Hugh I've Jackman
4: one? The Hugh Jackman yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I that got me fired up when I was a kid. I, mean, I think I good. saw
3: that in theaters. <laughs> yeah, it's
4: a lot. It's a good one. Though. It is yeah. a lot. One of those like really masculine ones too, where they're all like jacked. Oh yeah. Yeah, the the werewolves are like ripping their flesh off. Yeah. It's a classic. Um coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee in the morning, tea in the evening. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. Headache, I gotta get to sleep. It's
3: do you like breakfast for dinner?
4: Um, yes, specifically uh
0: corned beef patch. That's what's
3: Ooh.
0: nice. What's your what's your favorite chip? What is my favorite chip? Broadly defined. Broadly be,
4: defined. Yes. The tortilla chip awesome.
0: What brand though? Like, all right. So, <laughs> so we, we narrowed down the tortilla. <laughs> now you gotta now you gotta give us a specific one. It is whichever one's on sale.
1: Right? Mm. Like nice. that one? I typically
0: I, that means I
4: don't eat a lot of tostitos. I don't go like I like I like so I, I use them for salsa, so I like ones that you know can retain their constitution with a hearty dump yes. of salsa. Like I don't I don't need the strips. And honestly, I don't need these ones that have been like manufactured to like more scoopable the scoops? <laughs> like those are nice, but I don't I don't go out of my way yeah. to so, buy them.
3: Do you like them extra salty?
4: Um, you know, once in a while, I don't always, because I think eating a lot of salty chips, that's, you know, I gotta, you gotta watch your health in some way. So
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> salty chips taste good for sure, but I'm um, usually try to go on salty. Yeah.
1: I like yes. the blue that's corn. That's
3: too.
4: How about that? Blue Ooh, corn. Ooh, yes. That's we a good love answer a Blue too. corn
3: tortilla. Do you make your own salsa or do you use our uh, go-to jar?
4: Um, so, my mother makes salsa. So my mother, yeah, I think the rest of my life, I am obligated to say that no salsa is better than my mother's salsa. So everything will be a close number two. I think from now until I die, yeah, I'll never say that. <laughs> so,
3: or at least until she dies.
4: Yeah, true, true. But you know what? She, she'll still
0: be, That's
3: she'll right. still be
0: watching. She'll come coming
3: for you. That's right. right.
0: All right. Vegetables or fruits. Vegetables. Which vegetable? Brussels sprouts.
3: Ooh, yes. Oh, is, is, well, right. is there a, a way that you like to prepare them?
4: Um, so I like them sort of roasted. For
3: yeah. Sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Like i
4: them a little burnt. And I, so are onions a fruit or a vegetable? Do we know? That's a It's a vegetable, I vegetable,
0: think. vegetable, yeah. Right? I think so, tomato is the only one that. It's the only eat. weird one. And some kids are
4: weird too, aren't they? Um,
0: Maybe
3: avocados are fruits, are they not
4: avocados? That's weird. On, mm. you know, onions, I love Brussels sprouts. Onions might be my favorite. Onions,
3: weird, onions are amazing, that's the onions. MVP for sure.
4: Oh my gosh, so so underappreciated! Like, how far <laughs> a good onion could go in a recipe. So,
3: every time someone tells me they don't like onions, my response is just like, Mm-mm, You're uh-huh. wrong,
4: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a broken palate. Like, yeah. palate. I'm like one of the flavors the earth offers
3: right they're just saying they don't like flavor right true yeah
0: essentially uh well that's all i got you got any more rapid questions what
3: do you think about this dog right here
0: that is an adorable dog what
4: is the name of that dog
3: this is ozzy (laughs) osborne
4: ozzy osborne the dog Mm -hmm. i love that dog because just been chilling
3: this whole time
4: people listening would have no idea that dog has been like a foot and a half away from the microphone this entire time mm-hmm. oh
3: then there's two there's another dog
4: oh there are two dogs on your lap
3: <laughs>
0: these are the unofficial hosts of the park unofficial yes. fourth and fifth
3: they're hosts. always here but you wouldn't know it
0: so
4: what's the name of dog number two there that's sophia sophia i love that name, sophia
3: mm-hmm. um,
4: sophia and Ozzy. Ozzy.
3: yep lovely that's them, Ozzy was going to be named Yoshi because that was my favorite Mario Kart character. But um, my family has, I've had these dogs since I was a teenager, my family has a policy that they only name animals after musicians, so.
4: And with so does is, is Sophia fall into that category?
3: No, I was being a rebel.
4: Okay. <laughs> there's, there's a Sophia musician somewhere though, so. Yeah,
3: uh, yeah definitely,
4: but. Yeah, I can't pull one out
3: right now. Sorry. <laughs> there's there's they exist.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. You you have uh do you wanna just one more time plug your own information and also reclaims information and anything you guys got coming up real quick? Absolutely. Um so anyone interested, the first thing to do is
4: follow us on social media. I'd say probably that's step one, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Twitter game is pretty good. Um, it's getting pretty spicy in the state because we have mm-hmm. some reps who like to tweet back at each other.
1: Mm-hmm. And
4: oh, I do that all the time. Hell yeah. And I love reclaim. Just get in there. Make some make some state senator in like Richmond feel uncomfortable on Twitter. It's awesome. Um
3: cyberbullying politicians <laughs> is so awesome.
4: <laughs> Especially the older ones who yeah. think that they're like getting you and they they like their typos plenty. So mm-hmm follow Reclaim on social medias, that's Reclaim RI, visit the website, www.reclaimri.org. On there is a calendar, which is updated frequently. And it also on, that, on our website is a breakdown of the two campaigns I've talked about in ways to plug into both. And then also you join Reclaim through the website and then you know, like all these organizations, we have a pretty vibrant Slack community where everyone's constantly contributing on the big Slack. Um, if you're really interested and you make it that far, mm-hmm. that's a great place to be because you can, that's where you can learn about everything that's going And if I hadn't mentioned this, worth mentioning for anyone listening is we have all sorts of different like subcommittees or whatever you want to call them, including things like, you know, uh, arts and graphics, because we make uh, a lot of flyers, we make uh, signs, mm-hmm. we make t shirts, we're doing all that. And I know they're always looking for people. So well, we're a very artistic uh, state, especially in Providence, very artistic city. Anyone sort of skilled in graphic design or art, your services are always welcome. And if, you wanna, if you wanna make some awesome art about like taxing the rich, like you get some crazy, like uh, the, the legalized weed, the, the, or the weed campaign artwork is phenomenal. It's
3: like oh, I a bet. Copy,
4: yeah, like, legalize it. first thing through, like, chains. It's, like, crazy <laughs> stuff. Love it. So anyone who's skilled on that, by all means. chains. Yeah. <laughs> jump on board.
3: Cool. We will promote that.
4: Right, yes. And I guess one last time, the 420 event at the state house, 6 p.m., um, it's gonna be lit. I guess I'll say that. I'm glad you know my girlfriend's not here to roll her eyes that I said. That, but <laughs> I feel yeah. like that's an appropriate word. It'll be lit. So
3: yeah. <laughs> After you listen to the 420 episode of PLR podcast, go to the statehouse yeah. and participate in this event. I
4: can't Thank think you. of a better way to spend my 420 in those two events, with <laughs> exactly. obviously a little you know uh, recreational marijuana use thrown in there because tis the season. I suppose. Sure.
3: Sure. Why not?
0: um you also recommended uh a band to end this episode with you want to just introduce them and then we'll call it a day
4: right right so in the effort to pick a local band i went with uh, friends of mine in baby baby Explorers. uh they're a great local band in Providence and i guess around the state um and after this pandemic rolled if you see their name listed anywhere i would go see that show because they are freaking awesome to see live they put on a great show there's some serious energy so fun
0: yep so baby baby explorers that's that's why i'm plugging here cool thank you so much for coming on no problem
4: thank you for having me appreciate it
0: yep have a good one